Um, and we also want to demonstrate that being a mission-driven business can really work and be viable in the natural foods world. Welcome to Better World Boston. My name is Somi Kanapati, and I will be your host. Well, summer is definitely here. It's been super hot, but it's really nice to see that things are slowly opening up in Boston. A few of my summer favorites in Boston are fresh berries, the Atlantic Ocean, and farmer's markets. I absolutely love farmer's markets, and I'm so grateful that they're taking place this year, given that we're having a pandemic. I'm really in awe of small farmers and the commitment they have to producing local produce. They really know their vegetables, and I have to say I learned a lot about vegetables that were new to me through these farmer's markets. I also learned that many farmers don't spray with pesticides, even though they may not be certified organic. So definitely worth asking when you go to farmer's markets whether they use pesticides or not. And not using pesticides is good for the environment and also good for your health. I think that it's super important to have a local food system for many reasons. For starters, it creates food resiliency. It also helps to preserve local greenlands and farmlands and green spaces from overdevelopment. And it also helps to support a local economy. Today, I'll be speaking with Addie Rose Holland, who is the co-founder of Real Pickles. Real Pickles is a mission-driven local food business based out of Greenfield, Massachusetts. I've known Addie Rose and Real Pickles for over eight years, and it's so nice to see how they've grown as a business while staying true to their mission. Real Pickles makes delicious fermented pickles. If you haven't tried them already, I highly encourage you to try them. You can check out their website, which is realpickles.com. They're also found in a lot of stores in the Boston area. Hi, Addie Rose. Can you tell us a little about yourself, Real Pickles, and the story behind Real Pickles? Sure. So uh, my husband, Dan Rosenberg, and I uh, started the business back in 2001, and um, it, it started out of an interest in organic farming. Both of us had worked on organic farms, um, and also local food, local economy, and also this particular kind of, um, of food that was, that's fermenting vegetables. Um, and this is something that Dan learned uh, the technique at a farming conference in, um, in 1999. <laughs> and, um, and it's a, an ancient technique of uh, making pickles that people have been using for thousands of years, but had kind of gone by the wayside um, due to modern pickling techniques that sort of uh, where you end up with a more consistent product. Um, and so there weren't a lot of fermented pickles on the shelf anymore. So we figured we'd give it a try. And, um, and so started really, really small um, with just cucumber pickles and then slowly added sauerkraut and kimchi and um, other kinds of vegetables. And, uh, and we, we uh, grew it, you know, I had other jobs at first and, and uh, gradually got more involved with the business and um, we took on other people and, um, and then, uh, and then in 20, uh, 2012, 
uh, or probably even earlier than that, we started talking about what, you know, what were kind of the next steps for our business. And we started talking about um, uh, transitioning into a worker cooperative where we would, uh, where we would sell the business to the workers and um, including, you know, being some of the workers ourselves um, by the business again as, as a cooperative. And, um, and so we, we ended up doing that with three other uh, staff members at Real Pickles. Um, we, we crafted a strategy for making that transition. And in 2013, we were able to transition the business into a worker co-op. And, um, and, and that's been a really great transition. We're, we're super happy that we've been able to do that. Um, so yeah, so we're, okay. we're a mission, we're a mission driven business. Um, we're, we're still really passionate about organic food and local agriculture and making a healthy product. Um, and, um, and we also want to demonstrate that being a mission driven business, um, can really work and be viable in the natural foods world. Awesome. So how is Real Pickles different from, let's say, a pickle you buy at the grocery store or even a sauerkraut you buy at the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so this, so this type of fermentation is, um, it, it's, a, uh, it's called lacto-fermentation or lactic acid fermentation. And um, it, it relies, the wild fermentation, it relies just on the naturally occurring microbes that exist in a farm field, like in, on healthy vegetables that are grown in healthy soils. And, um, and that's actually really important that the soils are healthy and have microbes, have microbial activity in them because the fermentation really depends on the variety and the number of microbes that come in on the vegetables. And so buying organic produce and even buying uh, produce that is uh, grown really close to our facility is, means that we're able to get a really vigorous fermentation going. Um, and so these, these pickles are fermented, um, depending on the vegetable and the recipe, they might be fermented for five days, they might be fermented for a, a couple of months. And, um, and the fermentation process produces lactic acid, which is a really good preservative, and that's what preserves the vegetables. And um, so as opposed to a jar that you might get on the dry shelf um, in the grocery store um, is probably um, is probably made with vinegar, which is a different kind of an acid. Um, and, uh, you know, I usually say I also like vinegar pickles too. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with vinegar pickles, but the fermented pickles are particularly healthy um, because the process of the fermentation, um, you know, starts to break down the vegetables and produces all kinds of nutrients and beneficial compounds that are really, really good for the body and lots of different systems in the body. Um, and those, you know, those microbes that are alive and actively um, 
essentially digesting the vegetable um, are creating a, a, this, this plethora of different kinds of beneficial compounds that our bodies need and that aren't necessarily found in other kinds of foods. And so it's this really unique process that um, for a long time was not part of our diet, but is, was part of every traditional diet um, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the world. And, um, and is still eaten in a lot of cultures throughout the world, kimchi in Korea and um, many other examples. So it's, it's an important, you know, part of what we wanted to do was kind of bring, help bring this traditional food processing back to the American diet because um, it, it feels like um, a really important piece of, um, of eating, eating a healthy diet and eating um, vegetables sort of processed in this way. Yeah, that's really good to know. Um, thanks for the, uh, explaining the difference because I was always curious how this process was a little different. Yeah. So you mentioned that you source organic um, produce and you source it locally. Is mm -hmm. that part of your mission or mm -hmm. is it also just helpful for the fermentation? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely helpful for the fermentation. Um, it is also part of our mission. Um, our, we were committed to organic, um, where our products are 100% organic. Um, and we, we feel like not only is organic healthier for our bodies, um, but also healthier for the, the land and the animals the biodiversity, um, that m the more organic produce that we can buy um, is helping to ensure that more farmland acreage is being um, stewarded in a more sustainable way uh, that helps protect ecosystems that are surrounding it and helps to sequester carbon in the soil. And um, there are just so many co-benefits of organic practices um, that it feels really important to, to support that whenever we can. Um, and likewise, buying, buying locally, um, we're, we're, clim climate is a really big um, issue for us. We feel very de dedicated to doing our part in reducing carbon emissions. And so by buying our vegetables, as locally as we can, um, we're able to uh, reduce our emissions in that sense from the ingredients that we purchase. Um, but we also only sell our products to uh, the Northeast U.S. So we've sort of delineated our region as New England, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and um, we won't sell our products outside of those boundaries, which, you know, some, some may say is a questionable business practice because there's all these markets that you're, you're not accessing outside those boundaries. But, um, but we feel like it goes uh, hand in hand with a commitment to low food miles. Um, and so coupling the local purchasing with the local selling feels like an important practice to us. Um, and, and also these are products that can be made 
all across the country and increasingly over the history of our business, there are so many more businesses that are making these products at this point. So when someone calls from outside our region looking to buy our products, we'll just, we'll say, well, where do you live? And we'll look up um, on our list of other businesses that do something similar and we'll send them to their neighbor. Okay, that's, that's really good to know. So it seems like um, climate is really important as a company. Was that some of the rationale for the solar panels? Yeah, yeah, for sure, yes. Um, we, so we, in, in 2009, we bought a building um, to move our facility, and we had been using a shared community kitchen for the first, um, the first phase of our business. And we were outgrowing the kitchen. We needed our own space. And so we were able to buy a, a building um, in the same neighborhood. Um, and it was an old industrial building. And we were able to uh, uh, renovate it to, into a commercial kitchen and um, build in a walk-in cooler and a bunch of storage space for fermentation rooms. And in that process, our one of our primary goals was making the building and the facility as energy efficient as possible. So, so like the primary frame <laughs> behind the renovations was like, how can we conserve energy? How can we, how can we make this as efficient as it could possibly be? Um, and so we did a ton of insulation work. We, we, when we put fixtures in, lighting fixtures in, they were like occupancy sensors and daylight sensors and, um, and really high efficiency lighting. Um, and so by the time we put solar panels on, we had already reduced our electric needs um, to the bare minimum. I mean, it was still a, we're still a, processing facility, manufacturing facility, so it still obviously needed a fair amount of electricity. But um, the solar technology has also advanced so much even in the last 10 years that um, we, so we, we put a, a, a solar installation on in 2010. Um, and at that point, that was enough to, to, to make our facility 100% solar in terms of the electricity. And then over the next nine years, um, our our company grew, and we were making more pickles, and had kind of outgrown the solar capacity of our building. And so, in in uh, just a year ago, we did another solar installation that was um, much bigger. And so, we were able to uh, we're we're now again 100% solar um, for the for the amount of production that we're doing at this point. So, yeah, that's that is a big big piece of what we're trying to do is lessen our footprint. That's really amazing. Um, it, it seems like you have a lot of um, mission-driven initiatives, and I think that's so cool. Thank you. The other thing you yeah. mentioned is that you're a co-op. How is that different mm -hmm. from being a regular company, and why did you choose to be a co-op? Yeah. So. Um, there were there were a few uh, a few different reasons, but the biggest one kind of comes back to the mission, uh, the strong mission piece. Um, we were, you know, we we had been in uh, in building this natural foods business for um, 
uh, over a decade at that point. And, and we were kind of watching as a lot of businesses in the natural foods world got big um, and sold out to a, to a corporation. And, and any, any mission that they may have had when they first started, um, it was it, like it may or it may not continue um, beyond that purchase. And, and usually it didn't. Um, and so we were trying to think like, okay, well, what's, you know, what's a succession strategy that would maintain the mission over time that could, could help uh, ensure that, that the mission has some strength behind it. And, um, and, and we started uh, talking to folks that were familiar with cooperatives and, and we became really interested in this idea that um, there are so many, uh, uh, there's so many reasons that a, um, a cooperative is better able to protect its mission. Um, and uh, part of it is that we could, we could sort of inscribe the mission, our, our guiding principles into uh, our organizing documents. So when we became a co-op, we had to write up bylaws and articles of organization. And, um, and when you write up these things, you kind of write in like, how do you change, how can you change them? Um, and, and our mission is, it, there, there's some protection um, around what our mission is and what, what, uh, what we do as a business um, and the integrity um, that we do it with. And so that, that was a piece of it. Um, also, our, our, our mission as a, you know, our primary mission as a worker co-op is to serve our members, and our members are our workers. And, um, and so by sort of inherent in being a worker co-op, the workers are going to make decisions that maintain their job because that's the you know that's the value that they get out of this business is having a good job and getting a paycheck and and keeping a business viable so that they can continue having a job um, and so a worker workers associated with a worker co-op are not very likely to um, to move the business to another place or to sell you know to sell to a corporation that's going to move the business to a different place and we we feel uh, very rooted in the community that we're in, um, and we have uh, we have an incredibly supportive community. And it's kind of a you know it's, it it goes both ways. Like we both are supported by our community, and we support our community um, through supplying good jobs and good food and um, economic uh, development and and things like that. So it's um, uh, being place-based um, and 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 having that sort of two-way relationship with our community is also a really important aspect of being a worker cooperative. Awesome. And does Real Pickle have a vision for the next few years? Yeah, yeah. So um, generally, our vision is to um, uh, is uh, you know, we have our our primary goals are in um, working towards better pay and benefits 
um, for our workers. And, um, and that those are kind of our like front and center. We want, you know, we want to be getting to this, uh, this goal in the next um, chunk of time. And so, um, so a lot of it is, is growing the business um, to achieve those goals and, 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 um, you know, build facility improvements that will help us get to those goals. Um, so it's very, you know, we're, it's worker focused, uh, but we also want to do it while keep, while maintaining our, our mission focus as well. I know for me, I've tried your pickles and I love them. My favorite one is organic red cabbage. Do you have a favorite pickle? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say my my consistent favorite is probably the garlic dill pickles. Um, the they're uh, <laughs> nice. we're actually out right now because we sold out of last year's batch uh, earlier this spring. And we've started making the regular dills. Um, those just are, are just now from finishing, you know, they're fermenting and they're back on store shelves. But we tend to do the garlic dills a little bit later in the season. So I'm waiting for those to come back at the moment. Um, and, and, and other than that, you know, my, my favorites kind of uh, go through phases you know sometimes i'm really into the kimchi and sometimes turmeric kraut is like just what feels good to me and sometimes it's the garlic kraut or um we've also started doing uh, a small batch program and that's been really exciting because we can kind of work with uh sort of more specialty vegetables where we wouldn't um necessarily be able to do like huge quantities might not be able to access the vegetable or might not, it just might not make sense on sort of a large commercial scale. Um, but so this, this, uh, this year we did um, uh, dilly beans, which I really love and they came out yeah, really well. They and, um, they're, they're, I mean, I, I think they're really delicious they're garlic garlic and dill and they're tender and okay. crispy and um yeah i think it they came out really nicely so those they they just hit the shelves like a, a week ago um and probably aren't in every store but uh if if you see some i'd recommend it <laughs> good to know yeah so how does a small batch program work is is that something you have to sign up for or can you just pick oh, it up at the store? Yeah. It's um no, you don't have to sign up. It's um we just make we make a, a certain number of cases. Um maybe we just do a few barrels of a certain product. And um and it goes out we sort of make it available to any store that's interested. Um and so it often ends up being the stores that are most where our product does really well um, and they know that the customers there are are going to be interested in trying something new and and so um, tends to be a lot of the food co-ops and um, and the independent grocers that will go for it so it's um, yeah worth worth asking too if if your store doesn't have it um, they certainly have yeah. access yeah and what about, I tried a, um, 
I think it was a fermented drink. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. It's called mm-hmm. kvass, I believe. Kvass, yep. yep. And, yeah, well, what is that and how is that made? Yeah, yeah. So the, the kvass is a um, – so this is beet kvass. There's, uh, the more popular kvass is the malt kvass that uh, they make in Russia primarily. Um, the beet kvass or vegetable kvass is um, – we hear is more of a Ukraine, Ukrainian uh, tradition, okay. and um, and ours is made as sort of an, a fermented infusion of beets and onions and cabbage, and it's a salty sour beverage. So you know it's not you know some people think pickled beets and they think like sweet and sugary, and that's definitely not <laughs> not what this is, um, but it's um, you know, people, people, some people really get into it. Um, it just really is a very satisfying flavor. Um, and some people don't like it at all. It's kind of like a, you love it or you hate it kind of thing, but it's, uh, I really appreciate it. It's a very earthy, um, salty, sour flavor and it's great for like, um, you can also, like I think in in the Ukraine they would use it a lot as a base for soup. So like using it as a soup oh. stock for borscht or you know some vegetable soup. Um, but you can also use it in salad dressings or um, or as like just a little addition to soup t- instead of a vinegar. Um, but I also just like to drink it as is. Um, I do too. I, I find it yeah. really satisfying. Yeah. Nice taste. Yeah. Right. It's a nice alternative to the super sweet beverages. Indeed. Yeah. Great, Annie. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us that I didn't ask you? Um, uh, I don't, I think, I feel like we covered all the the important aspects of real pickles. Awesome. <laughs> um, but, um, but I could be blanking on something. <laughs> yeah, nothing's coming to me at the moment. Okay, awesome. And if yeah. we have more questions, how can we get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah, so, um, so we are, our website is www.realpickles.com. And we're also on social media, both Facebook and uh, Instagram. And, um, and emailing us is a great way to be in touch, info at realpickles.com, um, or, or picking up the phone and calling, although not likely to get someone in the office these days. Most of our staff is working from home. But feel free to leave a message, and, and someone will always call back if, if there's any questions about the business. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Adi. Yeah, thank you, Somia. It was great to talk to you. So that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Musical credits go to Purple Planet, and the track is Feeling Good. 